So let's get into it. Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, you can open it up. Uh, I think it might be on the screens, or if you don't, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to read it to you as well. We're going we're gonna to look at the book of Acts today. I love the book of Acts. And um, I'm going to try and speak slow and articulate my words so you do understand me. Um, if you don't understand what I say, especially a joke, just laugh. Just it'll make me feel good. Thank you. Okay, Acts chapter 14, starting in verse number 8, says this. Now in Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet, and he sprang up and began walking. I want to preach a message this morning that I've just titled, A Posture of Faith. And what I want to do today is I want to stir you up a little bit. I want to shake you up. I mean, I didn't travel all the way from New Zealand. It took us 30 flipping hours to get here, right? I want to stir you up today. I want to, I want to stir faith in, in your heart, in your life. I want, to, I want to bring a shift in your paradigm and your perspective. I want you to, I want to do something. I want to leave something with you today that leaves you different. And, and I want to stir you up uh, with the story of this crippled man because I think we can learn some stuff about him and about this story that's going to help you and I, listen, it's going to help you and I receive from God in greater measure than you're currently receiving. I don't know if you're, if you're just okay with what God has for you right now and that's just, like, that's just fine, then, then please, you're going to need to find another church because this church believes that God has more for them. Like if you've got a pulse this morning, if you woke up and you were breathing, then you're alive. Praise God. Like, and if you've still got like a pulse in your neck and blood in your veins and air in your lungs, that means God's not finished with you and you're not finished. And so God has more. I believe God is a God of exceedingly abundantly above all we could hope for and ask. So wherever you are right now, God has more for your life. God has more for you. God wants to pour out in you. God wants to shape you, change you, grow you, put vision in you, expand you, expand your horizons. God has got more. And I really believe that you can receive from God in greater measure than you're currently receiving. And so I want to build, encourage you to build a posture of faith in your life. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful church. We thank you for this amazing community of people, the best campus of Liberty Church. Lord, I thank you for the sweet spirit that is here, Lord, the openness to your word. And God, I pray, Lord, speak to us, help us. Lord, help us to take a step forward into all that you have for us. God, help us not to be complacent and not to just sit back and lean back and, Lord, Lord, disengage. But, Lord, help us to be a people, Lord, that go after everything you have for us. You are good. You love us. You have good things for your people. And so, Lord, we press in today and we say, come, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you know that, um, like, your physical posture says a lot about, like, you and it, says, it communicates stuff to people. In fact, experts believe that the direction, when you're sitting next to somebody, the direction of your leg cross is really important. It means something. So if, if you are on good terms with somebody, your leg cross will be like open towards them. But if there's an issue, your, your leg becomes a physical barrier to the person. See, and I'm not going to point anything out, but I'm going to say you guys got to work some stuff out right here. Listen. Listen, and I just met your, your, new, Lon your new London campus pastors. He's, he's all good with her, but she's, oh, you did something, brother. You did something this morning, and there's, you, but we're going to pray for these guys before they go, man. Like, there's some, there's some stuff going down. Pa Paul is in this place called Lystra, and Paul is preaching this message. Paul is preaching to a crowd. I don't know how many were in the crowd, but in the crowd, there was a guy, and this guy was crippled. He'd been crippled since the day he was born. He never walked a day in his life. This guy had massive dysfunction in his life. He, he had a whole lot of 
things working against him. He, he, he never worked. He never had a job. He never had a family. He never had any opportunity afforded to him. He was crippled from the day he was born. And Paul is preaching to a crowd. And for some reason, something about this guy caught Paul's attention. And the Bible says that Paul, looking intently at him, saw that he had faith. And he had faith to be made well. Something about this guy communicated to Paul something about his posture. He couldn't walk. He, couldn't, he wasn't standing up waving, man. His, but something about his posture communi- communicated to Paul. He had faith, and he had faith to be made well. And so right there in that moment, this man receives a breakthrough. This man receives something that he never received before. You know what I really believe, friends? I believe God is looking for a church that will live their life with a posture of faith. I believe I, I want to be the kind of person who lives my life in such a way that I get, the, that I get God's attention, that God takes notice of me, that, that I receive whatever God might have for my life, that I receive, I take hold of it, and I grab it, no matter where I am, no matter what church service I am, no matter if I'm praying by myself, man, I want to receive everything that God has for me. And, and listen, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't understand everything about God. Like if I did, He wouldn't be God. Like, you've got to embrace the mystery of God. Like, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. You'll never understand everything. You'll never figure it out. If you're on a faith journey, you've got questions, wonderful, beautiful. Keep digging, keep asking, but be okay with the beauty of mystery. But I'll never understand everything about God, but I do know this, that God loves me and that He loves you. I do know that God's got good plans for you. He wants to bless you. He's got a great plan for your life. It's better than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine. God wants a life for you of abundance and freedom and fullness. And I really felt, I was praying this morning for this service, and I got the words, uh, there is freedom today for somebody. And when um, that, that prayer request was brought about the person with suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts, maybe you're in this room today. I really believe today's your day of freedom. Can I just say that, man? Like, God loves you. God's got freedom for you. He's going to break every chain, man. And, and I, know, I know that God has good things, but I don't understand everything about God, but I do know this. I do know that what God pours out in our, our life is directly measured to this thing called faith. Faith. The Bible says in Hebrews that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and, and whoever, whoever would draw near to him, the Bible says this, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Here's the thing. I've been in church for 17 years. I got saved when I was 18 years old. I didn't know nothing about nothing. But I met God in a, I met God in an office building filing paper and I gave my life to him in my head. I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but if you're real, you can have it. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit filled my life, filled my body from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. I felt the tangible presence of God flood me in a room full of 30 people and I out yelled out loud yelled stop because it freaked me out and all these people look at me like what are you doing file your paper boy like you know like it was it was crazy like this God just encountering my life and but this is one thing I've learned over that 17 year journey is that faith can be kind of this obscure topic it's like uh, how, how do you get break I oh, just have more faith brother you're like yeah what does that mean you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're going to have more faith. Yeah, yeah, I'll have more faith. I don't even know what that looks like. What is it? Where do I start with that? It's like kind of this obscure out there sort of topic. And what I want to do today is I want to make faith practical for you. I want to make faith real. I want to give you some stuff that's going to help you to live a life so you can begin to draw down and receive from God all that He has for you in your life. Is that okay? So I, I want to just, I want to give you four thoughts on how to build in your life a posture of faith. And I'm telling you, if you can live this, it will change everything. It will change church. It will change your quiet time when you go meet with God. 
It'll change your prayer life. It'll change a whole lot of stuff. It'll change worship for you, everything. So I, I want to just give you four quick things about a posture of faith. Is that all right? Yeah. You guys still with me? You can understand me, right? Yeah. Slow down, Steve. They, the people, are, you're losing them. Okay, the first thought is this. Number one, a posture of faith is open, not closed. I, I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra. And when he's preaching in Lystra, he looks out and he sees this crippled man. And I can't imagine when he sees the crippled man that he sees someone sitting kind of like this with their arms folded, their legs crossed, a little frown on his face. I can't imagine Paul looks out in the crowd and he sees the crippled man sitting like this. And I can't imagine Paul going, oh, there's a guy with some faith. There, right there. He's got some faith today. Like when you, when you, the, the, I don't believe he's sitting with, with, with a closed off posture. Like this is saying, hey, brother, good luck getting in, man. Like do your best, preacher, but you ain't getting none of this. I see that posture all the time in my church. You know, like when, when wives drag their, their, their husbands to church, you know. I, I, I kind of feel like a posture of faith is, is not closed off. It's open. It's open to what God might do. I can't, believe, I can't imagine the crippled man sitting there all closed off to what Paul might be saying or Paul might be bringing. I think he was open. I think he's come to that place open to say, maybe if God might do a miracle in my life, maybe God might do something in my heart. I was, uh, I was a youth pastor for eight years. And while I was a youth pastor, I went down to a youth pastor's conference in another city in, in New Zealand. And while I was there, it was about day three of the conference. And if you've ever been to a conference, especially a church conference, we pack everything in. Like from, from, from 6 a.m. till like midnight, it's just like loaded. It's terrible, man. We just destroy souls, you know, in the process. Like it's like, and this was day three of the conference. So I was done, man. It was like a four-day conference. I was so over it. I was so done. Your brain is full of information. You can't take any more. And it was worship, this night of worship. And, and it was just, everyone was getting together. And we were just worshiping God. And I was there and I was just done, man. And so I came to the meeting just totally closed off. I was like, I've got everything I need. I'm happy. I'm just, I'm just going to be here. I'm, I'm just, I'm done. Like, God, you do what you want to do, but just don't worry about me. You know, I'm, I'm just going to exist. I just want to go to bed. That's all I want to do. And, and so I go to this meeting. I'm just totally closed off. Just, and, and then in the meeting, like, the Spirit of God just starts moving in the room. And people, like, I'm standing there like this. Like, the worship's going on. I'm like, and there's someone, they're crying. Like, crying. And, and then this person's, like, on their knees, like, worshiping God. I'm like, man, God's, like, moving in this place. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting nothing because I'm just like, I'm, I'm not here for anything, you know? And uh, it was in that moment I really felt God speak to me and say, Steve, open up. I have something for you today. Like, open up. And so I kind of go from, like, oh, man, like, I'm really not interested, you know. Like, if I go to the, the one hand, like, in my pocket, one hand worshiping. I call that the Alanis Morissette worship. And, and, and slowly, like, God's just going, open up, Steve, open up, open up. I have something for you, open up. And then so I open up, and I begin to just step in and engage in worship. I go, God, if you've got something for me, God, I'm open. Like, come and do it. You know what happened in that moment? The conviction of God, like, just dropped on my heart. And, and, I, and I, God was just showing me every sin in my life at that point in time. And I was a youth pastor, but I was a bit messed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you come to Jesus as you are, and he'll clean you up. Don't think you've got to get it all sorted out before you come to Jesus. Like, you know, like, you come as you are, friend. But the beauty of the gospel is that you don't stay as you are, that he gets to work on the inside out. 
Don't try and make the outside look good if the inside's messed up. Let Jesus in on the inside. He'll fix you, man. And, and in that moment, the conviction of God comes. And, and I felt God say to me, Steve, you need to confess your sins to somebody. I'm like, no. No. These are all like my buddies, all my youth pastor buddies. There's no way I'm doing that. And, and I just couldn't shake this notion that, Steve, go confess your sins to somebody. I'm like, no, that's not happening. Guess what? The preacher gets up on stage. He goes, I just feel like I've got a word today. And the word, like, I just feel for somebody here today, the book of James says, if we confess our sins to one another, we shall be healed. I'm like, shut up, man. It's not helping. And I just, I can't escape this, this deep, like, need to go and tell, confess my sin to somebody, right? And so I'm like, I can't shake it. So I've, I've now, I'm now open to what God's doing. So I look around the room for the least judgmental person I can find. And I see a guy who's about my age with dreadlocks and tattoos. I'm like, he's my man. Like right there, I'm, like, I'm gonna go see him. And so I go, I go he's worshiping God. This is an absolutely true story. I'm not preaching, I'm telling the truth. He, he, he's, right? Am I right? Okay, so he's, he's worshiping God, eyes closed, like doesn't know I'm there. I walk straight up to him. I don't even say anything. I grab him by the shoulders. I turn him towards me and I say, brother, I have to tell you something. And I just start unloading. He does, he's just like, he's standing there like a deer in the headlights. Like he doesn't, you guys know New York, deer in the headlights? You guys get that, right? <laughs> and, and I'm just telling him. And so for like two or three minutes, because I'm not that bad, like it's only a couple of minutes, I'm telling them every sin, man, I'm just downloading on this guy, I'm, there's an, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm just telling him, I'm confessing everything to this guy, and in that moment, once I'd finished confessing those things, it was like, it was like this thing lifted off me, and it was like healing just came deep inside of me, it was like for the first time, I actually got free from a whole bunch of stuff, and, and, and I never knew that I could get that free, and it was amazing, and in that moment, I look up at him, and, and he's like still looking at me like, like I'm a madman, and, and I'm crying, and I just say to him, I say, thank you, like this, and, and he, and he look, this is no word of lie, he, goes, he, he says this to me, um, I, I don't speak English. <laughs> yes, yes, and, I, and I'm just like, I, yes, and I high-five him, and I walk around, I'm just like, God is good. Faithful, he's faithful. Like I'm just so pumped that nobody will ever know. Just the best day of my life. You know, I got free that day, free. I got free that day. And it was only because I decided to open up and say, God, if you got something for me, I'm open to receive what you have for me. Friends, when you come to church, when you come to Liberty, this wonderful church, when you come, can I encourage you? Come open. Come open. Don't come closed off. Don't come closed off. God, I had a bad morning. Man, God wants to do stuff in your life when you come. God wants to put vision in you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. He wants to put, put His Spirit inside of you. He wants to shape you and change you and bless you and put His Word on the inside. And it starts to transform you into this wonderful new creation. But you just got to come open. You got to come open and say, God, if you got something for me, I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. That's a posture of faith. I'm coming open, I'm not close. My second thought is this. A posture of faith is engaged, not distracted. It's engaged, not distracted. I can't imagine that Paul's preaching in Lystra and, and he looks over at this crippled guy. And I can't imagine that when he sees him, he sees a guy sitting there and he's, and he's flipping angry birds on his iPhone. I can't imagine he's, he looks over and he sees a guy just like scrolling his Insta feed 
checking out everyone's Insta story. What happened, what's happening over at uh, Upper West Side today? I can't imagine he's like looking at a guy and he's like, looking out the window like, what's, what's the weather doing today? These shades are great because it was terrible the other week. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can't imagine Paul looks out and sees a guy who's totally distracted and goes, there's a guy who's got some faith. I, 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 the imposture of faith is, is not distracted, it's distracted, it's engaged. I reckon Paul looked out and he saw a guy, and the Bible says looking intently at him. I reckon he was in, looking intently back. I think this guy is sitting there on the mat. I think he, he, Paul looks out and he sees a guy who's engaged in everything Paul's saying. I reckon he was maybe even a little bit Pentecostal and was shouting amen from time to time. Maybe he was like, he, he was like yes, Paul, I, I, I believe what you're saying. Like, yes, Paul, I want what, you, what you're telling me about this Jesus who can heal. Oh, yes, like, I reckon he was totally engaged in what Paul was saying. Here's what I've come to learn, friend. I sit in hundreds of church services every year. We run five Sunday services uh, every week, and sometimes we do six. We do seven over a weekend sometimes, and like, I sit in loads of services, and, and, and you know, I've come to know that you can, God can want to do something in your life, and you can miss it because you're distracted. God can want to move in your life, but because you're distracted with this and that, and and all these other things, and like social media is a wonderful thing, and iPhones are amazing, they're smart, but they make us really dumb, you know, like, there's like, they, they, this technology is wonderful, but it's such a distraction, sometimes God just wants to speak to you, and deposit something to you, and, and you can miss it just because you're distracted by all the other things of life, and all the other things that are going on inside of your world, and, and, and you know what, this is, I want to preach to the, the, like, the churchies here, like the ones who've been in church for a long time, for, for, for a minute, and if you're new to this community, I love you, but this is for those who've been in church for a while. If, you, if you're coming to church and someone gets up to preach and you're like, oh man, I heard that before, and I, I really just felt like the, the word as well that was given today, uh, just after worship, is so relevant, man. Like, if you're here and you're like, man, I've heard that before, and, and you kind of get a, an attitude and a mentality, and I see it in my church, when you've been in church for a long time, you feel like there's nothing new you could ever hear. It's like nothing anyone could ever preach that you've never heard before. I heard that before. You can never learn anything new from somebody, especially someone maybe younger than you. Then, then here's what you're dealing with. And I've got to tell you first that I love you, because I do. I love you. But the thing you're battling with there is this little thing the Bible calls pride. And, and what pride will do is it will disengage your heart and cause you to have a faithless posture. And in moments where God might want to speak to you, he can't because pride is in the way. And if you believe no one could ever teach you anything new or no one different or younger than you could ever bring you something that you've never heard before, then you need to maybe get some work done on the pride thing because if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through someone like me. All right, so build a posture of faith. Choose to engage, man. When you come to church, choose to engage. Choose to get in, man. I'm like, for me, like New Zealanders are the most laid back people on planet Earth. We're so laid back, we're falling over. Like we're... Like, we don't get excited about anything. We'll get excited, but it's internal. Someone tells a funny joke, we'll go like this. Hmm, that's funny. That's our laugh, you know, that's what we do. And so we have to intentionally go, I'm engaging, I'm, I'm getting in, man, I'm grabbing a hold of whatever God is doing. The third thing is this, a posture of faith is leaning in, not out. A posture of faith is leaning in, not out. I, I can't imagine that Paul's preaching in Lystra, 
and, and he looks out and sees the crippled man, and when he looks at him, he sees a guy who's just like, like, just kicked back like this, you know, like, like I'm just leaning out, like, Paul, look, I'm here, aren't I? I made it to the meeting, all right? So that's what, the, I'm, I'm, I've, I've made a step, man. I'm, I'm in the meeting, but don't, don't expect me to, to dive in, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here, like, just let it go over me, man. I'm, at least I'm in the building, right? At least I made it to liberty today. At least I got to, I didn't even want to come to church, but at least I got here. I'm going to fall off this chair. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that was so close, right? That was nearly really bad. It's a good thing we didn't use the one with the wheels. All right, so I, I don't reckon Paul looks out and sees a guy who's just like, like leaning out, like, I don't even care, I'm not even bothered, like, and says, hey, there's a guy who's got some faith today. I reckon when Paul looks at him, he sees a guy who, he can't walk, but I reckon he's leaning in. He's like, oh, if, God, if something of God is here, then I'm going to get as close as I can to grab a hold of what God has for my life. I'm, I'm not going to just be in the room. I'm going to be in the room and grab whatever it is. I'm not just going to come to church and, and sit in the room and be like, hey, didn't I, I made it here, didn't I? I got to, I got to church. No, no, because you can be in the room and then miss what God is doing because you're just leaning so far out, you know, whenever I go to church, whenever I, whenever I go to a conference, whenever I go to worship, I don't even speak Spanish, but I'm leaning in, man, because I'm like, man, God might do something here in this moment, like the Spirit of God's moving, like I go to a conference, like, I'm taking notes, why? Because I want to lean in to what's going on. When someone's preaching, I tell you what, I'm, I'm like out of control encourager. I'm like, I'm like yes, amen, I'll, I'll amen the wrong things. Yeah, like, you know, like, the devil wants to destroy your life. I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, wait, stop. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm so in, you know, because I'm like, I want to draw out. I want to grab a hold of whatever is there, and I want to pull it out of people. If, you've car- if you're carrying something that God has in your life, and I want it, I need it, I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to grab a hold of it. I don't want to be a person who goes to the prayer meeting and observes the prayer meeting. I want to be the prayer meeting. Like, that's leaning in. If you go to a prayer meeting and you observe it, you're leaning out. If you go to church and you watch worship, you're leaning out. If you go to church and you watch the priest, like, you're leaning out. I'm not, I'm not like, like having a go at you here. I'm just saying, man, build a posture of faith. And you'll start to see God drop stuff in you and do stuff on you and break stuff off you. God will do stuff in those moments if you just lean in in those moments. I was uh, a youth pastor, like I said, and, and a number of years ago, this young man, his name was Jaron. And he's actually one of my next door neighbors now. It's quite funny. And he uh, was about a 15, 16-year-old kid, and he came to me on a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night service, uh, and we were sitting on the, he was sitting on the front row, and uh, he was crying. And as a good pastor, the right move is to say, why are you crying, you know? Why are you crying, man? And uh, he said to me, Steve, do you, do you think God could heal my hand? And I was like, what? And I'd known this kid for a number of years, but I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, what's wrong with your hand? And, and he, took his, he had his hand in his pocket. And the reason I never saw was because he always had his hand in his pocket. And he took his hand out of his pocket, and he, and he showed me his hand, and his hand was covered in warts, like really bad, like eight or nine big warts all over his hand. And he was so self-conscious that he always had his hand in his pocket. It was devastating. He's crying. He's a 15-year-old kid. Like, so do you think God could heal my hand? I said, you know what, Jaron? Since you're leaning in today, I said, man, I, I believe God, God can heal your hand. So let's pray. Let's just pray. What's the worst can ha- that can happen? You're still going to have warts. The best that can happen is that they go. 
Like, don't ever be afraid to pray for a miracle. Worst case scenario, they're the same as they were. Best case scenario, something amazing happens. You get to be a part of what God wants to do in this world. So I said to a man, sure. Like, he was in church. He could have sat in church. He could have let that pass him by. He could have been in church and leaned out, but he chose to lean in. So we start praying on the front row. I just start praying, like, God, in Jesus' name, we take authority over this hand. We just declare it to be So we're praying, we're praying, doing all the things that you do. And I've got my eyes closed, and I really feel the Holy Spirit say, Steve, open your eyes. So I open my eyes, and he's got his eyes closed. And, and I'm looking at his hand, and while I'm watching his hand, I'm watching these warts shrink. Like, it's smaller and smaller. And it's crazy. Like, when you see something supernatural... Your brain doesn't compute it. Because you're like, what? Like, it's just the gnarliest thing. It's amazing. And so I said, Darren, open your eyes, man. Look at your hand. And we sit there and watch. And for a minute, these things just shrank. And they got smaller and smaller and smaller right before our eyes. And they got to, to a point where they were just these tiny little lumps on his hand. And then they stopped shrinking. And they stayed there with these tiny little lumps. And I'm like, what? And then I really, again, felt the Holy Spirit say, Steve, now tell him to go home and pray and exercise his own faith for one week, and the miracle will be done. And I'm like, okay, Jaron, <laughs> like, go home, pray one week, exercise your own faith, and God will complete this miracle. When he comes back a week later, his hand is totally healed, totally clean, totally gone. He's, like, he's literally now three doors down from my house, and he's never had any problems, any issues ever since. God showed up in that moment. Why? Because we chose to lean in. Not just to go, oh, I'm just going to be here, I'm just going to, listen, the Bible is full of people who receive breakthrough because they chose to lean in. There's, in the Bible, there's a story of a, a woman with the issue of blood, and she's, she's, she's been bleeding for years and years and years, and, and she goes, she hears Jesus is in the area, and so she goes to a, a place where there's loads of people. She shouldn't have been there. She wasn't allowed to be there. It was wrong for her to do that, but she needed something from God, so she presses through the crowd, and she touches the hand. She leans in and grabs a hold of the him of Jesus' garment, and power leaves him, and her faith made her well, right? She leans in. It's her own faith that makes her well. Then you've got two blind guys on the side of the road, and they hear that Jesus is walking by, and so they start shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us, and everyone around them was like, hey, shush, and New Zealand would be like, hey, you shush, hey, and these guys are like, no, you shush, I'm getting my miracle. You're like, so they, the Bible says they start yelling all the louder. They start shouting all the, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus responds to them, turns and says, what do you want? He said, we want to see you. He goes, he go, receive your sight. And, and, and they, they received a miracle. Even when all the crowds were saying, lean out, lean out, lean out. They're like, no, we're leaning in. Then there's another story in Luke chapter 5 of some friends, and they've got a paralytic buddy. So their friend is paralyzed, and they go to a place where they know Jesus is, is preaching, and they can't get in the door. It's packed. It's overloaded. What a great picture of church, right, where, where, where God is. You can't stop people coming, man. And so this place is loaded. It's so loaded that there's no way in. So they climb up on the roof. They rip the roof tiles off the roof, and they lower him down on a stretcher to the feet of Jesus. Like, if anyone leaned in, this guy leaned in, right? And, and, G, and Jesus says, Jesus says to them, he says, your, uh, their faith has made you well. D did you know that you're leaning in? doesn't just bring breakthrough for you. It can bring breakthrough for the person standing next to you. 
when you lean in and worship and you worship and you're pushing in for God, the person next to you who can't worship right now, who is so broken and so bound and, and so messed up that they, just them getting to church is all they can muster and all they can do. They can't even lift their hands, but you lifting your hands, your faith can make them well. Your faith can lift them up. Your faith can bring breakthrough for the people sitting around you, friends. It's not just about you, it's about the people around you. It's amazing. A posture of faith that leans in, it doesn't lean out. The last thought I have, and maybe if some amazing musician can join me, that'd be incredible. My Spanish brother. My last thought is this. A posture of faith looks for a beginning, not an end. It looks for a beginning, not an end. My, my wife loves musicals. And I know this is New York, it's like Broadway, it's like musical capital of the world. My wife loves musicals. She loves Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. And I don't. I like rugby. And, uh, and so being the good husband I am, I bought her tickets to go see the musical Cats. Yeah, I know. Husbands take note. It's money in the bank. So I took her to see this musical Cats, and I'll be honest with you, I hated it. Every minute, every minute. Totally, I felt uncomfortable, uneasy, slightly nauseous. Like it was, it was a bad day for Steve. It wasn't, wasn't good. So I've, big, big mixture of things. I kind of feel like, like when you are older than 10 years old, you lose the right to dress as a cat. It's just my, it's just my personal opinion. It might be different in New York. But I'm just going to put that out there. Right? That's just not cool. So it made me feel really creeped out. And uh, I spent the whole time just looking for the end. I was like, when's it over? When's it over? When's it over? And then it stopped. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. It's done. And then my wife says, it's intermission. <laughs> I, said, I said, what's that? Half time. Half time. So I spent the whole time just going, when's it over? And th this is the thing. Because I spent my whole time looking for the end, I missed what was happening all amongst it. Like, I, I, didn't even, I can't even remember the songs. I can't really, and the songs are amazing and beautiful, and the stage set's incredible, and the makeup, even though it's grown, grown men and women as cats, like, it's, it's world class. But I didn't, I don't remember any of it. I didn't see any of it. You know, I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra, and he looks out and sees a crippled man. And I can't imagine he sees him, and he sees a guy just checking the clock, going, when's... When's, when's Paul going to be up? When's he? I got places to be, man. I got things to do. I got begging to do. When, come on, Paul, wrap it up. You've been going on for a while now. I, can't, I, can't, I don't think he's looking for an end. I think he's looking for a beginning. Uh, friends, when you come to liberty, when you come to church, don't spend the time looking for the end. Spend the time looking for the beginning of what God wants to start in you in that moment. He's not looking for the end. He's looking for God. What, what do you want to begin in me? What do you want to start in me? What's the thing you want to do that's going to change everything in my life? And in that moment, he receives a miracle that changed everything. Everything. He never walked. He never worked. He never had the opportunity to have a wife and have a family. Nothing. From that day, everything changes. Because he's not looking for an end. He's looking for a beginning. Friends, when you go home, and, and I pray you read, read your Bibles because this will change your life like nothing else. Every day, read it. It'll 
mess with you and change you, and it's the most phenomenal, beautiful thing you could ever do. And, and, and when you go to read your Bible, don't set the clock, I've got 20 minutes, and I'm going to read it for 20 minutes. And then, but don't just read it going, nearly there, nearly there, nearly there, oh, nearly there, cool, I'm done, done, done. Like, don't, don't look for the end. L- look for the beginning. Go, what do, you, what do you want to say to me, God? What, what are you going to do? What are you going to, what are you going to speak to me today? What's the word that you're going to drop in me? What's, what are you going to change in me? What are you going to shape in me? What, when you come to church, don't look for the end. Look for what God wants to start in you when you come here and be, be hungry for the start. Be hungry for the start, not the end. Be hungry for the start. I know you're hungry for the end because you're hungry. But be, be hungry in your spirit for what God wants to start in you when you come to any place where you go to your, your, your small group, your community group, whatever you do, when you go, don't look for the end of it. Like, when's this done, man? Well, what's God doing? What does God want to start? It may be small. It may be big. It may be, I don't know what it is, but I do believe that God wants to start something in you. He wants to birth something in you. He wants to drop vision and love and grace in your heart whenever you come. You know, I don't know how the crippled man got there that day. I have no idea how he got there. Like, he couldn't walk. So how did he get there? Maybe he dragged himself. Maybe he was like, I'm hearing that this Jesus is, is who he says he is, and he could potentially transform me and change me. And maybe he got carried. Maybe he had some friends that carried him. I don't know. But I do know that when he got there, from that moment, everything changed. And my friends, I don't know how you got to liberty today. I don't know whether you just had to drag yourself here because you were like, man, I just, I can't even walk myself to church today. I'm so broken. I'm so messed up. I don't know if you dragged yourself. I don't know if a friend had to carry you to church. Like maybe they came by and were like, the Uber's coming around the corner. You're getting in. Like, no choice. Maybe they dragged, maybe they carried you here today because you couldn't even walk yourself to church. I don't know how you got here, but I do know this. If you open your life up to Jesus, you'll leave very, very different. Very, very different. He loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. And He wants to pour out in you in greater measure than you're currently receiving. So would you, as a church, live a life with a posture of faith? Would you come and be totally expectant for God to break out and break through in your life? Every day when you meet with Him, every day when you pray, every time you gather with people, let's believe God that He's going to do more than we could ever hope or dream or imagine. Can, can I invite you to stand with me? I'd love to pray for you guys as I close. And just, maybe, just, just maybe God wants to begin something in you right now. And I just want to invite everyone in this room just to, just to take a moment. Maybe if you could just bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. If, you, if you've heard and understood nothing I've said, I pray you understand this a little bit. I just want to let you know that God loves you. He loves you more than you'll ever know or even imagine. God has a great plan for your life. It's better than you could ever dream for yourself. It's more wild and more vast and more full of life and freedom and abundance than you could ever dream. We all mess up, we all sin, and our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I are due for our sin. And He extends to every single one of us, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace. Forgiveness for your past, 
new life that begins right here, right now. He gives you a hope for your future and this amazing promise of eternity with Him in heaven. And I would love to extend an invitation. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, or maybe today your life is just a total mess and you're not right with Him, and you might have been coming to liberty for a long time, but really the truth is that you're, you're a mess and you need to get right with God today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a quick prayer and I invite you now just to pray it with me in your heart. If that's you today, saying, Steve, that's me, count me in. Just pray this with me in your heart as I pray it out loud. Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned and I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I ask you to come in, be the Lord of my life, take control. I give my life to you. I ask that you'd come and make me brand new today in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes closed and head bowed, just for a moment, I'd love to, to encourage you today. If you are here and you prayed that prayer, maybe for the very first time, or maybe you prayed it before, but today you're getting your life right with God. I'd love to encourage you to do something really brave right now. Listen, no one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Nothing like that. All I want you to do is take a step of faith and just say, Steve, yeah, I prayed it. I meant it. I'm serious today. I want to start this journey with God. It's a journey, and this is step one. I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, if you did that, I want you to put your hand up nice and high just so I can see it, and then you can slip it straight back down. Ready? One, two, three three, nice and high. Yes, my name. Yes, 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 yes. Hands all over the place. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can pop it down now if you put it up. That's awesome. Thank you so much. God, I pray for each of these people who've responded to this amazing message of your gospel. I pray bless them, grow them. I thank you that right now there is a party kicking off in heaven as all heaven rejoices, as lost loved ones come back to you. I pray, God, bless them. May they know your goodness and your greatness. And I pray as a church, help us be a people who live a life with a posture of faith in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, give God some praise in this place this morning.